Sermon number 715, Managing Our Moods, preached in the First Presbyterian Church of Bakerstown on Sunday, June 8, 1975. And the text is Psalm 130. Psalm 130. <laughs> Out of the depths I cry to thee, O Lord, Lord, hear my voice. Let thy ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If thou, O Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchman for the morning. More than watchman for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plenteous redemption. And he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. I wonder when I read this great psalm whether the writer knew what was troubling him when he said, Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. I wonder if he is like millions of people today who are in moods of depression and really cannot understand what is happening to them and their relationship to God themselves and their fellow man. This sermon was prompted by a television program which I did not see but which I heard much about in many different ways from many of you. I refer to the one that was on educational television that had to do with depression. And in hearing your comments I find that one of the greatest revelations of health that had come through that program was the message that to be in a mood of depression is absolutely normal and natural for a human being. And I've heard many people discussing this particular topic, which seems to be paramount in our society, find some relief and release when they realize that other people, ever since the beginning of time, have experienced moods of depression. Sometimes up, sometimes down, oh yes, Lord. That's something that everybody can see. Yes, it does help to know that some of our heroes of history, from way back in the time of David and Daniel, through the period of Joan of Arc, Martin Luther, the Apostle Paul, Abraham Lincoln, these are people 
who experience the depths of depression and what we can call moodiness. Oh, it goes by different names. Everybody has a different title to give to this same experience of wantingness and hauntingness that comes to people at different stages in life. The army calls it fatigue. John of the Cross called it the deep night of the soul. Psychiatrists I know call it anxiety, neuroses. I know laymen that call it that they're just plain pooped. And the psalmist, for the lack of a better term, called it, Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. First thing I'd like to say is I've tried to study on this theme because I see it lives in so many homes. And as I gathered information from different sources, all of which I hope are biblical, I have found that one of the things that the world needs in assurance today is that depression is real, it happens, and it happens to everyone. And it is something of which we should not be frightened nor afraid, though it's a horrible thing to go through. It's something that is natural and real and normal, as natural and real and normal as food, sleep, and death. It's something that happens to every one of us. It's an experience that is very difficult, though, to try to explain or understand. And I know some Christian ministers with whom I cannot agree, but nevertheless they to their ideas, and I guess I must stand before God with my own. But they seem to give the impression that just because you are a Christian, you go to church, read your Bibles, and have a living faith in Jesus Christ, that you should not have any moods of depression. I don't believe that. I don't think Jesus Christ had moods of depression. That's sometimes why I think he went to the hills. And surely anybody who has read about that experience of facing the cross, Jesus was not smiling when that happened. Well, I think even those of us who are in Christ, we are not immune to moods of depression. And I don't think the Christian gospel guarantees anyone anyone, the privilege of being excused from this particular natural and normal, normal phenomenon that happens in everyone's life. But, don't end there, I do think the gospel of Jesus Christ, that gospel does give us the ability not to avoid, but how to accept and overcome this emotional depression that comes. We have the answer. We can't avoid the problem, but thank God we have the victory in the answer through Jesus Christ. And I think that's what we need to be saying to the people who are experiencing these things today and who feel the world is coming to an end because of what's happening in their news wing. Now, for today, I would like to be able to try and give you some helpful hints 
But I have found through the scripture, through experience, through going through depression, comes even to preachers, you know, and pass these on with the hope that maybe they can help us in trying to become the master of our moods. Because that's basically what scripture tells us. Our moods can either master us or we master them. We become people who either manage them or we are at the mercy of them. And here I think there's some helpful phrases that I hope you can write down in the memory of your, or the hot band of your memory, which have been helpful to me. One, and this experience comes upon you, and it can come at any time to any person, and it comes for a different different reasons, but it comes. First of all, take time. Take time. Take time to analyze what is happening in your particular experience. Analyze the situation, because you see, there is always some reason why it is that we are down. This is why we have also the upswing mood of being joyous and happy. What is the reason for that particular experience? And you'll find that they, there can be many, many reasons. Physical sickness, operation, prolonged time in bereavement, change of life, tension, pressure, uh, not a proper diet. <laughs> Maybe not sleeping on the right type of a mattress. There are many, many different things that can cause people to go into a downswing. I believe it was sin that made this particular psalmist say, Out of the depths do I cry unto thee, O Lord. Some people, I find, they get into this because of what I call ethical decision-making. They seem to find that when they want to do one thing, but know that they should do something else, the only thing that happens is that they end up in a lousy mood. You know the type of experience. Moods can come upon us for any reason under the sun, and I think we have to take time when they come and analyze from whence has this come. And learn to recognize, take time to recognize your own mood swing. The seasons of your mood. It's the writer of Ecclesiastes, that preacher, who says, To everything there is a season, a time to be born and a time to die. And if you read a little bit further, it says, A time to break down and a time to build up. Recognize and identify these mood swings. And how surprising if, if you kept a graph, and I don't suggest it because that's concentrating too much upon the depression, but if you could keep a graph, you'd find that they do come and go in and out of season. Recognize this so that the mood does not jump upon you as, as a surprise when you've had a warning it's happened before. And after you take time to analyze and recognize, then realize. Realize that no mood needs to be permanent, and no mood will be permanent. 
Oh, it will seem like an eternity when you're in it, but it won't last forever. No move need be fatal. And no mood that will come to you is new. Every mood that you and I are experiencing today in this sanctuary has been felt by somebody before. And here's a point I want you to underline. When you're in these moods, please remember, you're not losing your faith. God is not forsaking you, and you're not losing your mind. The counseling room, as we see people, we find that that's, that's the thing that seems to be paramount in the person who's experiencing a mood. He really believes he's becoming insane. That's not true. Realize, after recognizing and analyzing, this too shall pass. This too shall pass. Take time. Take time. You're in the mood, you might as well enjoy it. Get some benefit from it. Take time and let it work for the good. Secondly, talk it through. Talk it through, not with everybody. We get in a little bit of trouble sometimes when we talk about our inmost feelings and our moods with the wrong people. Talk it through with somebody who loves you. Somebody who loves you. It could be a mate, a father, a mother, sister, a brother, a minister, a friend. For God. Somebody who loves you. That's who you talk it through with. Someone has said about a woman, she doesn't need a doctor as much as she needs an audience. And I, I think that's true with all of us. All of us. There used to be a song at the end of what Archie Bunker would call WW1, World War One. Pack up your troubles in your old kit bag and smile, smile, smile. That's the worst thing you could do with a movie. You pack that down in the depths of your subconscious, and it may never get out. And you may find yourself doing all sorts of crazy things because of that particular deep, deep fear. Talk it through. Talk it through with somebody who loves you. And here, let me give a word of advice to, to those of you to whom someone will come to talk through his particular mood. They can become pests. They can. Don't let them become that. They'll become a worry. You'll say, well, what am I going to say? If you don't know what to say, and here, let me say, don't shortchange your own sound judgment, which God blesses, with good common sense. If you feel you have an answer, share it. But if you don't have an answer, don't hesitate just to listen. Just to listen. I'm surprised the number of people who are helped just by giving, having the opportunity to express their feelings. And remember, when somebody comes to you, he may be or she may be coming because they believe in you. And they believe that you love them and that you care about them. So be kind and love them.
Talk it through. Talk it through with somebody who loves you. Think, think some thoughts. Think some thoughts. Some thoughts about the glory, the majesty, the power, the greatness, the goodness of God. A person gets into depression, gets down, I find, for one of three reasons. It's because he is thinking too much, recalling some past experience, thinking too much about some experience in the present that he is encountering, or he's thinking too much, anticipating some experience that he thinks is going to happen. And when the mind thinks too much on recalling the past, some present experience, or anticipating some future tragedy, it affects the rest of the psyche and we become emotionally upset and down in the dumps. We're in that deep depression. And what we need to do at that time is to borrow a phrase from this scientific age, we need to reprogram the memory bank. We're thinking too much upon the wrong things and not enough upon the right things. Concentrate. Think thoughts about the goodness and the greatness of God. I don't know where we got the idea that I'm quite upset in our educational curriculum when in the church we feel it's no longer necessary to memorize scripture. That's wrong. I, I, I think I know what they're trying to do. They don't want the mind to be flooded with maybe unnecessary information that can be gathered by going to a book if you know where you can find it. But in doing that, we have eliminated that particular working of our subconscious bringing forth eternal truths that have been placed indelibly upon our memories. The next time you're going to Pittsburgh, and maybe you're in a bad mood, or, or maybe even today, if you're not feeling up to par, if you're a little down, and by the way, I find that the weather is one of the great factors of making people moody. Uh-huh, some of you identify with that, don't you? Yeah. Try bringing from the memory some of the great thoughts about God. On the way home from church today, as I was going to say, if, if you're down in the dumps, bring to mind in the automobile with your family verses of Scripture which bring forth the glory, the majesty, and the power of God. I hope some of you wouldn't run out of Scripture before you run out of the parking lot, but this is one of the things, you see, that perhaps is a weakness on the part of many of us. We don't have those thoughts in mind. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in time of trouble. We know that in everything God works for the good, those who love him and are called by him. Peace I leave with you. Fear not, I am with you. His, the mind who has stayed upon thee, God shall keep in perfect peace.
I shall wait upon the Lord. My strength shall be renewed. I shall mount up with wings like the eagle. I shall run and not go weary. I shall walk and not faint. God loves me. You see how it works? Think some thoughts about the greatness and the glory of God. And then fourthly, tackle a task. Tackle a task. Not a very big one. Now sometimes you get in trouble when in depression you try to do too much all at once. But tackle a little task. A task that means something. You see, there is a great correlation and connection between head, heart, and hand. And the practical psychologist has found out for us that the quickest way, the quickest way for a person to find some healing is not through the head, not through the heart, but the quickest way is through the hand. And the hand oftentimes can do what the heart and the head cannot do. And it can proceed and lead us out of our moods. So let your hand, whatsoever it findeth to do, do it. And may it be something that is loving. It doesn't have to be great, just small. And remember that there's no greater medicine than the tonic of love. It's double blessed. It blesses him who receives it, and it blesses the one who gives it. The best thing a person can do when he is down is to go out and help somebody up. And it's surprising. When you help somebody up, it's the greatest thing you can do to help yourself up. You see, but we don't operate that way. When we're feeling down and ugly and unmiserable, we want other people to do things for us. And we get upset when other people don't do anything for us. And really, instead of being lifted up, we're just pushed down all the more. It doesn't work that way. When you want somebody to do something for you, that is the time I think God's calling you to do something for somebody else. <coughs> And the greatest help you can have is not when somebody does something for you, but when you do something for somebody else. That's the way your help in managing moods. Take some time. Talk it through. Think some thoughts. Tackle a task. Most of us, <laughs> we want to tackle a thought, an ugly thought, and we want to think about the task. <laughs> think the thought. Tackle the task. In closing, I'd like to read to you something that I, in my study, found. It comes from a book, A Few Buttons Missing, by Dr. James Tucker Fisher, who was a pioneer in psychiatry. He studied under Sigmund Freud and for half a century specialized in the field of psychosomatic medicine. And he writes, I dreamed of writing a handbook that would be simple, practical, easy to understand, and easy to follow. 
It would tell people how to live, what thoughts and attitudes and philosophies to cultivate, and what pitfalls to avoid in seeking mental health. I attended every symposium it was possible to attend, and I took notes on the wise words of my teachers and of my colleagues who were leaders in their field. And then, by accident, I discovered that such a work had already been completed. For a specific illustration, I believe that the following to be true. If you were to take the sum total of all the authoritative articles ever written by the most qualified of psychologists and psychiatrists on the subject of mental hygiene, if you were to combine them and refine them and cleave out the excess verbiage, and if you were to take the whole of the meat and none of the parsley, and if you were to have these unadulterated bits of pure scientific knowledge concisely expressed by the most capable of living poets, you would have an awkward and incomplete summation of the Sermon on the Mount. And it would suffer immeasurably through comparison. God be with us all, no matter what mood we are in today. And thanks be to God, who can give us the power to become managers of whatever mood we have. Amen and God bless. Father, we're very grateful on this dark day to have the word of life. We feel your presence here today. Help us to learn from you. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of his Holy Spirit be and abide with you all now and forevermore.